Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When it comes to the world of soccer, we've got you covered. Back to more of Atlanta Soccer Tonight on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Jess Charman here, joined today by Anton Walks of Charlotte FC to talk all things World Cup. Anton, England, emphatic start, 6-2 victory. What were your big take-ins from that game? Uh, most importantly, three points on board. Uh, a lot of goals, which is good. And yeah, it's just a, um, a step in the right direction, especially with some of the results which have been happening over the last few days. Now, of course, you're a defender. Two goals conceded for England. Did that tarnish the result a little bit? Were you disappointed that we weren't able to keep a clean sheet? No, uh, not at all. I think tournament football, so it's all about whoever wins the game in the end. There's no goal difference. There's no, well, in the group stage there is, but away goals, all of them type of rules that don't really come into play. So the win, a win's a win. And one of the goals I don't think should have been allowed, which is the penalty, but... No, we're going to get into that. You can't put your hands up. I saw some hot takes on Twitter about video assistant referee, about the officiating. What are your hot takes right now on the way that refereeing's going? Lots of yellow cards. You as a physical player, be a worse nightmare, wouldn't it? Um, I don't mind yellow cards as long as there's, there's consistency, you know, because it's different if it's happening in different games, but you're seeing challenges which are the same happening you know, within two or three minutes of each other in the same game and they're getting different decisions. So I think there just needs to be a bit more consistency and then, yeah, whatever rules they want to make, you just have to accept them and find a way to play your game without being penalised. You said it's not a penalty. Why was it not a penalty? Because if that's a penalty, the one in the first half on Harry Maguire has to be a penalty. I think that's just the consistency across, you know, the decisions. I think. When players are being physical with each other in the box, you have to find, you know, a type of guideline where a rule is really a rule. And I think holding right now is it's all up in the air because, yeah, like I said, I've seen it in a few other games where guys are holding each other and they're not watching the ball. And, you know, if that's the case, there should be penalties all around right now. Now you're back home right now. How do you think that win changed the environment in England? Is there a little bit more pressure now? Is there a little bit more expectation? Are people already saying it's coming home? No way. I think after what <laughs> happened in the, the Euros, I think everybody's keeping their mouths quiet. I think everyone's still a bit traumatised. But yeah, like I said, now that you've seen a few of the, few of the other teams playing, you know, a couple of the big guys not doing so well, it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. U.S. men's national team is coming up. Obviously, that one is very interesting, particularly for you and I as English people living in America. 
What are your expectations for that one? And what did you think of the US in their match against Wales? Um, I think they were very dominant in the first half and then somehow just started to lose a bit of quality. I think it's a good point. You know, they didn't lose the game. They could have easily lost the game in the second half. Hopefully they don't try and get their first win against us. But <laughs> no, um, I think they're in a good place. They've got a good team and there's a lot of potential if they can find a way to get a bit of momentum. We've seen some big upsets. Obviously, Argentina, the biggest upset. If you had a team that you think may go further than a lot of people would think, who would that be and why? I'm just, I've just literally watched this Japan and Germany game and mm -hmm. I'm... Yeah, I'm pretty amazed by just some of the tactical changes they made during the game and the substitutions they made. Just everything they've done seemed perfect and, you know, they were in sync. So I think from what I've seen so far, them and Saudi Arabia are definitely two teams which have caught me by surprise. And if they can keep that up, they'll definitely be dark horses. Okay, one last one from me. Everyone wants to know, score prediction for Friday's big game, US versus England. Um, I'm going to hurt a few feelings here. No, feel free. Feel free. Hurt everyone's feelings. Come on, Anton. 3-1 to England. Goal scorers. Oh, I'm thinking Saka. I'm thinking Harry Kane. And... Sterling. And the US? Yeah. Who's going to sneak in the little consolation so they get at least something to cheer about? Oh, this is real pressure now. Um, I don't know. Who can I say? That I'll, uh, I'll go Tyler Adams. I think a nice long-distance goal. Maybe a deflection to say it ain't too good. That'd be nice. I like it. One last one, actually, coming off the top of my head. How cool is it to see players that you played against or played with in the World Cup? Obviously, Pulisic comes to mind with the friendly against uh, Charlotte FC. Is that pretty cool to know that you've played against people that are now playing in the World Cup? Oh, for sure. I think a um, bit of motivation just to push yourself a little bit more and realise, you know, the gap's not that far, ultimately, between the level and... Yeah, it's a big stage, but if you really stay committed, you never know what the future can hold. So, no, it's just definitely a bit of eye-opening experience, seeing especially a few guys that you've grown up with in you know the development stages of football. But, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's just motivational and it's very good to see. Anton Walks, thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing Friday's game. Yes, I am too. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Covering the world of soccer live with Jason Longshore. And it's the man from the back. This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight. On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back to Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Good friend of the show with us right now, Greg Garza, formerly of Atlanta United and the U.S. Men's National Team. What's up, Greg? How you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking some time out for for us and to get into this U.S. England game. This is such a huge moment for soccer in this country, and we've seen England before in a World Cup. We've seen some other big games that got the maybe the general sports fan going, but on Black Friday, U.S. England, this is about as big as it gets. A huge game for us. A huge game for both sides. I think, right? Especially knowing so many English people that live within the States, uh, whether <laughs> soccer coaches are involved within the sport of soccer. Um, it's, it's a, it's a head to head game of pride, uh, for your country tomorrow. That's for sure. We've seen a lot of games so far, a lot of upsets, a lot of different results, maybe than we were expected other than the Argentina game, because everyone knows about that. And Jason probably doesn't want to talk about it again. No, I don't. What result has stood out to you as a surprise? Uh, I, I think, the Japan-Germany game so far has been probably the biggest surprise. Uh, and, and Jason event and I have spoke before about just, you know, you, you see all of these smaller countries uh, soccer-wise, right? Um, you know, developing in stages to where uh, there is no longer such a huge gap between the big dogs and the little dogs. Uh, and I think, you know, just speaking in general, that it, it gives me hope, um, even for the USA and the, the U.S. men's national team, that, um, you know, we're that we're that much closer uh, to getting to where we want to be as a nation within the soccer community in the world. And, uh, you know, soccer is growing all around the world to where there are there are no, uh, you know, games that are absolute blowouts anymore. Besides, you know, the the, the, the first England game and, and obviously the Spain Costa Rica game yesterday. But I think those are the only two that you can really pick out and say, uh, other than that, every every game has been quite close. What do you think of that Spanish performance? Do you think they're a contender to win this thing? After watching that, they have they have a very good balance of young players with a lot of experience. And I think you absolutely need that within a national team. And I think 
they're probably a country that most of us haven't talked about being uh, a favorite. And they, they're probably, you know, whereas, you know, maybe, you know, two World Cups ago and the World Cup before that, that's all we talked about was just, you know, how the Barcelona identity was, you know, instilled within the Spanish national team of them keeping the ball, get the ball, pass the ball, whatever it may be. Right. But, uh, you know, I think now you look at them and they have a great balance of experienced players and young players. And, and, and that can be something that can be lethal as the tournament goes on. Speaking from your experience, Greg, how much pressure is there when you put on that national team jersey? What are those young guys experiencing right now representing their country? Is it pride? Is it a little bit of nervousness, a combination of both? I think it is pure pride uh, to, to, to answer that question. There, there, obviously, I think the nervousness, I mean, even playing with your club, there's always going to be nerves and there's always going to be an adrenaline factor that plays such a huge role. Every time you cross the white line, you know, those guys, those guys live for it every single day within their club environments. Um, but there is no, in, in, in my own personal career, there was no other better moment um, than to cross that white line and walk out with, with uh, the crest on, on your chest and representing a whole entire nation. So um, those guys I know for sure are walking out and understanding that that confidence piece of knowing how well they are representing our country and all being so young and so talented, uh, I think is a huge step in the right direction for, for us as a nation as well. Let's dig into the U.S. men's national team. Game one, 1-1 one, one draw, really felt like a game uh, of two different halves in totality. What were your thoughts coming out of that one? I think it was a deserved tie. Um, you know, I think after watching the very first half, and I think I speak for everyone, um, I thought, oh my gosh, we are flying. I thought, okay, we have an absolute chance to face anyone and everyone. Um, and I thought that, you know, we, we, we showed that with the intensity, with the, you know, there was an urgency within every single play that was so evident. And then we saw the other side of all the inexperienced, you know, top players that, that are still so young in the second half. And I think that's where maybe you can take a Spain, for example, where you have a lot of these experienced guys that are probably calming down and helping these younger experienced uh, players on the world stage. And I think maybe that is something that is missing for us, um, you know, with, within the team environment is that that first half for me was one of the best first halves I've ever seen the U.S. men's national team play mm -hmm. under Greg Berhalter. That is the best, maybe, maybe in all of U.S. soccer. Um, the urgency and intensity and everything that was there, the movement of the ball, uh, we were absolutely flying. And I thought we could have been up maybe two to three nil um, by the end of the first half. But then the second half, it showed, you know, obviously the different colors of that experience and uh, maybe just a little bit of that fear and maybe that nervousness, Jess, of what you were speaking about um, of, of how to finish off games. And, and, and I think hopefully they can learn from that within such a short period of time and kind of use that first half confidence that they had and, and, and hopefully show that to England tomorrow. Individual players, who stood out for you and who would you think needs to give a little bit more if the US is going to be successful in the rest of the group stages? I think Tyler Adams was was so influential within that game. Um, you know, a lot of people uh, probably underrate him and uh, in, in, in the movement of the ball or whatever it may be because he's not that uh, attack minded, but I think of him breaking up plays. I think the simplicity of his game is is so well win win with the ball. Uh, but when we lose the ball, he is that first wolf of the pack that is to get it back. Um, he is the guy that is setting the tone. He is the person that 
you know, really understands uh, how to raise that level of intensity in every single play possible. And um, he's, he's, he has a bite to him, right? He's, he's a pit bull. He, he plays, he plays that role so well um, in being the first line of, you know, uh, defense in all stages of, of, of the, of the game and, and also all around the field. And he does it very, very well. Um, I would say, and one of the players that I, I really enjoy watching is obviously Eunice. Um, and, and I think that maybe in that game against Wales, uh, I expected much more from him um, because I think uh, he is probably one of the most talented players on that team with his soccer IQ um, and, his, and his ability to read the game. Um, and just, you know, we, we talk about, you know, the level of, of, of how he does so well and getting away from pressure. Um, and I think he is a guy that you will need so much within the next couple of games, but especially in this next game uh, to use that soccer brain and that soccer IQ and that, that, that level of intensity that he has that maybe wasn't shown as much, but I think maybe he played into the cards of Wales and Wales did very well in understanding um, how to kind of keep him from changing the game a little bit, but hopefully he can figure that out and with film and they can go over things within the next day or so and, and figure it out for tomorrow. Greg Berhalter has some tough lineup decisions and he had him coming into game one. He's got him coming into game two. It's a good problem to have. The lineup does not pick itself with this U S men's national team anymore. Brendan Aronson is one that I'd like to see more of. Gio Reyna is somebody that everyone is clamoring for. What lineup changes do you expect against England? I, I think you have to find a way maybe to put in Brendan in the starting lineup. Um, I'd say maybe keep – I think I think Josh did did a pretty good job um, in creating some chances and making some runs. Um, you know, he was, he was very simple when he needed to be simple and, and took risks when he needed to take risks. Um, just being in the box and being, being a presence in the box was, was important for us within the first game. Um, maybe, maybe Gio coming on as a sub, uh, for Josh in, in the second, early in the second half, I think would be great because he can provide that spark. We've seen him do it before against Mexico and, and be that, you know, ultimate spark of just absolutely changing the game. And I think that he could, he can be that super sub, uh, but I would definitely like to find a way to put Brendan Aronson on the field because you just see, you know, he's, he, he's got a bounce to him and you see it from the moment he stepped on the field. Um, you know, he's just popping into little pockets and popping into little spaces in and out of spaces and really creating just, you know, kind of uh, confusion within the back line or the midfield three of the other teams. And um, that's something that's very special and unique about his game is that he's always playing with a little bounce and he's all over the place trying to find little pockets to be involved in the game. Let's talk a little bit about my favorite topic, England. 6-2 victory. Obviously, you with a defensive mind. Were you concerned about England conceding those two late goals? Do you think that dents their effectiveness in some sort of capacity? I, I think the game was, was. I mean, you know, I think Jason and I mentioned this before as well. The game was gone after, uh, you know, Iran obviously lost their their goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. um, I think England had it won by then. Um, and, and once the first goal came, it just kind of the, the floodgates came to, to, to really open up that score line. Uh, I don't, I, I know, I know Southgate mentioned that he was, you know, a bit concerned about the two goals, but I think that's just something you have to say to the press about keeping your defensive line uh, in shape. And maybe that's something that they talk about within their video sessions leading up into the next game of just keeping that compactness. But I, I do think there are some flaws within, within that back line, that back defense line within England that can be, um, you know, anticipated and, and taken advantage of within this next game with the U S 
Um, and I would say, and this is me being a left back, I would go, I would go after Luke um, if, if, if I were, if I were the U S and try and find a way to overload the right side um, in, in, in every way possible. So if I were to attack the back line in one way, um, I would use Timmy way speed against Luke Shaw as mm -hmm. much as possible. Um, because, you know, I know Luke is a great player on the ball, but at the same time, if he plays against a lot of speedy players, um, he's, he's built like me, right? We look like boxers and we don't, we look like UFC fighters and we don't look like soccer players. Um, but, but I think, you know, that'd be a great, great point to take in with Greg Berhalter within the next game. So if England has any worries, I think it would be that left side of defense. I want to get into a couple tactical things with you and you, you kind of opened the door there. We've seen it throughout the tournament already. Belgium, once they figured out that they could kind of get behind Alfonso Davies when he was at left back, they started to exploit that. Canada had to move things around. Japan opened things up to try to get in behind Germany where their outside backs were really pushing forward. Whoever the outside backs are for England, Shaw, probably Trippier, they're going to go. And the U.S. has the speed to get in behind. I know Greg Berhalter wants to build up the play a lot and be patient. Is that something that you think can turn the game if the U.S. starts to play those balls down the flanks behind the fullbacks? I think that has to be within the back of their mind to maybe try and build out of the back. But you have so many technical players within the England side as well that they can do the exact same. Right. So, um, you know, maybe maybe you sit in, maybe you let allow them to have the ball for a little bit and then, you know, pick out those moments to where you can uh, exploit the flanks uh, as much as possible. And, and, and maybe if uh, and maybe if, you know, you, you have uh, an Alexander Arnold that comes on instead of Trippier and, 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 and have that ability to attack both flanks in which I know Alexander Arnold already has in the back of his mind that everybody criticizes him for being the worst defender in, in the EPL and the greatest attacker in the EPL. Um, but that's something that's for sure on his mind at an international level. Right. And so uh, I think you have to find a way to, to win that mental battle um, with, 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 coaching sides, uh, you know, coaching points of views and, and, and understanding what's best for your team. I think the other one is, you know, England also wants to build out of the back. And we saw at times when Iran was able to pressure them, they created some turnovers. And the U.S. is going to do that. I thought they did a good job early pressuring Wales. That high pressure feels like another area where the U.S. might be able to make life difficult for England. Most definitely. I think I think Iran actually did a great job besides the scoreline. I think they were all mentally and emotionally distressed and an absolute wreck just because of what is going on in their country. Um, dealing even with the national anthem, no one's singing it. You know, they're, they're going through so much emotionally as individuals and as a team with what is happening within their country that sometimes that that plays such a huge effect and role within how well you, you can produce on the field. But you did see moments uh, that, that, that lit your brain up and said, okay, they, they do have some quality within, within their, within their play. And I think that, you know, they were able to exploit some areas that England, uh, you know, can show their flaws. And I think, I think England is a, is a beatable team. You know, I, I think they, on paper, they have such a, a talented young group and a lot of experienced guys. They have, they have guys that have, you know, played at the highest level for, for so, so long, but, um, at the end of the day, I think that with what we've seen so far within this World Cup is that anybody is any, anyone can be beatable. And I think that's uh, that's something that the U.S. can take into effect uh, with with this next game. There's one key for the U.S. men's national team to pick up a result against England. What do you think that is for them? 
I think it is finding a way, like I said before, is in exploiting areas and where those flaws of, of what England has shown um, in, in the past. And, and I think it could be that the, the flanks and, and the outside backs um, and, and finding in behind. I think we have some players on the U.S. men's national team that can really do well in those areas and, and, and take people on 1v1 and use their speed and agility to get behind the back line. Um, and, and that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Hopefully they can figure that out. Um, and, and not play into England's hands, because I think if you do play into England's hands and, and, and you know, allow them to absolutely control the game, they can do a lot of damage. What's the flip side? What's something that you worry about England exploiting in the U.S. setup? That's that's an interesting question. I think, you know, if if you, you kind of look at it in two tails, right, because Wales played in a way to where they allowed us to have the whole entire game most of the time. Right. Um, they allowed us to be the ones to dictate our own mistakes and our own flaws. And I think England looks at it to where uh, it has to be on the flip side of their them controlling and managing the whole entire game with the ball at their feet. Um, and, and so we'll see we'll see how important that can be um, with, with it within England's you know, perspective and their and their mindset of if they are able to control the whole entire game and have the ball at their feet and create those triangulations all around the field. I think they could probably find some success and in, in playing around us. But, you know, it's 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 going to be it's going to be a chess match. And that's what that's what these big games are all about. You know, I think. U.S. can finally consider themselves a, a close, a, a very close, uh, in quotes, a powerhouse team so far in what they've uh, in what they've produced within the past couple of years, and, and and always beating Mexico, and always beating you know other teams, and showing the talent that they have. Okay. Player that stands out for you from England that you think can be the most damaging for the U.S. if they have a good game. That's that's such a. a, a I, I don't know how England is going to set up. You know, I don't know what starting 11 they can bring out. They can bring out so many guys, um, you know, with, with, within their, within their play. I, I think, I, I think if, if Jack Grealish gets the nod, um, he's someone that can really take players on one V one. I think it'd be a, a very difficult task for Sergio Dest um, to have him as a one V one uh, player to take on and maybe that's what England looks for right um you know I think Raheem Sterling is another guy with our two with you know if, if they play Raheem Sterling um maybe together up with 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 Harry you, you never know what type of formation or what they're going to look into um you know because Harry is is obviously a player that can drop into the pockets and control the game I think that's why he wears the 10 in, in, in Tottenham and is able to to really pick out certain plays um and then you have you know Raheem who can run in behind and create those diagonals um, in, in certain types of situations as well. So, um, you know, I, I think at, at the same time, I speak about uh, the back line uh, of England having some flaws. I think if I were to pick out any flaws within our side as well, it would probably be the back line. And I think that, you know, the missing piece in my mind, um, and this goes uh, to everyone in Atlanta, I'm sure they're probably saying the same exact thing as is, is, is Miles Robinson. If, and if we were to say, if we were to pick out one missing piece within that whole entire back line to really hold things down and on an athleticism point of view um, of someone really taking control, I think it, I mean, in my opinion, it would be Miles Robinson and the one to, to really control those one V one moments and be that, that last, that last defender that you can count on. And, and I'm not sure 
you know, I think we have some world and top class defenders there right now, but I'm not sure we have that next level of if you were to pick somebody to be the last line of defense, um, I would pick Miles Robinson all day long. Okay, our old buddy Anton Walks went on the record with a prediction. Uh, do you want to do the same, and what is it? I'm going to go for a tie. I'm going to go for a tie because it's going to set up the U.S. to to, to beat at Iran in the last game. So whatever that may be, a 1-1, nil-nil, I think – this is I don't Jason. You might know the stats to this, but has this been the most ties and the most lowing score World Cup so far in the history of World Cups? I haven't run that yet. I, it's got to be close. It the, has to be. Yeah. The scoring side's going to be out of whack because of that Spain game. Right. Like if you're right. looking at average goals in a game, but right. what are we up but to? Maybe, Three scoreless draws now. Maybe total. Maybe total goals scored or just close games in general. Um, I think it's got to be it's it's got to be up there. I feel like there were so many. There's been so many ties. There's been so many really close games um, that usually, you know, within World Cups, like I said before, are usually caught in awe and in shock and a lot of things that you see from the very get go. I'll tell you what stood out to me. It feels like a low number of shots. You know, when you when you look at some of the shot counts, there's a lot of games with teams in single digits, and and that's that is, not typical. That is very unless unless you're talking about Canada, where they, I think they had maybe like 35 shots that were not on target. Um, There's that. I, I remember Buchanan had one yesterday to where I think it went to like the second or upper deck of, of the uh, of the stadium. And um, you know, I think uh, I, I I think they're also a team that you know can be one that can do something quite quite big within the World Cup. Um, I think if they can figure out Alfonso Davies' role. There was a moment yesterday in yesterday's game to where I had no idea what position he was playing. Yeah, um, he moved the whole day. He was, yeah, and I think it was more so of him just putting so much pressure on his own shoulders and just sticking to what he knows best. Um, use the same identity that you have as in Bayern Munich and use it on your national team as well. But I think he's kind of trying to take as much control as possible, and it didn't it didn't really work out for him uh, doing that yesterday. So. Um, but I, I do think they can be a, a squad and a team that we can always, you know, put question marks about and uh, at the end of the day and see how, how far they make a run for. One last one for me, if possible, yeah. to throw it in. You've seen almost every team play now, obviously. We've got to finish up today. Who stands out for you now as making it to the final? I have not seen seen every team play because I have not woken I've not woken up for any five o'clock games, um, so <laughs> I have seen the I have seen the recaps. Um, gosh, you know, I still and I'm so excited to see Brazil play today. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's my call on who I think is going to just absolutely shatter the roof of every single team because of how depth how how much depth they have within that team, and I think. I feel like that Brazilian joy is back from like the 2002 squad that we watched a long time ago. And that, that, you know, those, the, that yellow and blue, whenever they put that on, you just watch. I mean, that, that was my favorite team watching when I was a kid. Right. I remember if I had a U.S. men's national team Jersey when I was a kid, maybe, but I can guarantee you I had a Brazil Jersey when I was uh, under the age of 12. Right. And so um, I, I, that's, that's my, that's my favorites. Uh, we'll see how, we'll see how today goes. Um, but I, Spain did lose their first game whenever they won the World Cup. Did. So you, you look back and I think just Argentina. I think Argentina receives an absolute enormous wake-up call to anybody mm -hmm. can beat everybody. But if they really, you know, 
um, put things down on paper and, 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 and reroute their game of what it needs to look like for the rest of the tournament. I'm, I'm still there with Jason in saying that I think Argentina can still be a major contender of winning the whole entire thing between those two countries. I said that from the very beginning. Um, after watching it, you have obviously all these questions that everybody can beat everybody, but I'm still going with those two front runners. Uh, I think either of those two teams make it to the final. I'll tell you what gets interesting now. If Argentina doesn't win their group, they go into the other side of the bracket and it could set up an Argentina-Brazil final, not a semifinal. We, we spoke, I remember that I told you there's a guy that in Brazil that he has guessed the, the last two World Cup winners and the last two World Cup finals. And he reads things and that's his, that's his final. His final is a Brazil-Argentina final and I think Argentina takes it all. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if this guy is right. He's he's already he's already you know putting rubbing his hands together, saying, "I told you so, Jason." So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm seeing that guy, and I'm seeing an otter in Japan making correct picks. Who picked Japan to beat Germany yesterday? So all kinds of crazy stuff. I've seen a, I've seen a cow. I've seen a cow pick his hay the other day, or a bull pick his hay the other day. That was uh, it was. I don't know what it was, but you never know what you're gonna get. I think it was the octopus last last. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Last yeah. uh, World Cup, it's it's unbelievable what these things can do. You know, they, I wonder how many takes they make of these actual animals picking, and then they just put the right one after the fact, right? That's so, what I'm a little worried yeah. about. <laughs> hey, for everybody out there who is, is getting caught up on what you're doing with Beyond Goals mentoring, let them know where they can follow you and everything that you guys are doing. Yeah, of course. You know, obviously, Mike and I, after retiring, we we had the ability to really give back to the game, uh, what what gave so much to us, and focus on the mental aspect of uh, the youth growing into what is not only the game on the field but also off the field. Uh, we created Beyond Goals Mentoring, which is um, you know a, a, a way for these young kids to uh, understand responsibilities, the the how to cope with under pressure, how to deal with confidence. Uh, leadership building, soccer IQ building, and just all those vital and key components that can continue that consistent success on and off the field. Uh, It's called Beyond Goals Mentoring. You can find us at beyondgoalsmentoring.com. On Instagram is Beyond Goals Mentoring. I believe on Twitter is BG Mentoring. Um, And so, uh, yeah, whatever whatever anyone needs out there, uh, show us some some support. And uh, if you need any help in growing your game on and off the field, you can find us there. Awesome. Greg, thanks for the time. We really appreciate it. And we'll check back in with you before the tournament's over. That sounds great. I can't wait to see what the uh, these next results are. And go Team USA. Sorry, Jess. Go Team USA for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t